How's it going? I'm Coco. And this is Mike. And this is Rock and Vino, the podcast where we talk about wine and music and how the two go so well together. Find past episodes all over the web. You can find it at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, the Google Play Store, Spotify, all over the place, wherever great podcasts are offered. Everywhere. <laughs> uh, find episodes there. Like it. Subscribe it. Subscribe it. Do that. <laughs> is that a new uh, word? I, I'm going to say it is. <laughs> Uh, social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Rock and Vino. Like and subscribe there. And then R-O-C-K-N-V-I-N-O. We never spelled it. Well, that maybe was, we should start that. That was, might be a thing to do. <laughs> and a, a big episode this week. I'm going to say it's our biggest. I mean, it's pretty legit. And I know that Mike <laughs> is so excited. Very happy. Uh, very excited for this one. Uh, sort of a funny backstory. Our, uh, our guest, who will join us shortly... Uh, was up in this area a couple weeks back. Yeah. Uh, in uh, in the Napa Valley, uh, oddly, hanging with one of our prior guests uh, from a couple weeks back at uh, Krug. Krug yeah, Winery. that's right. And it's so a we small ha- world. It is a. It's a but I'm very not start singing that song. A very small world <laughs> of rock and vino. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we've uh, the great Dave Farrell, also known as Phoenix of Lincoln Park. Yeah. Is uh, is going to join us and uh, we. We decided to bring in a, uh, a past guest along with him, uh, Gray Rollin of Belly Left Coast in Santa Rosa, as uh, you know, he's he's got some uh, extra insight there that he can add, being uh, the touring chef for Lincoln Park. Let's check it out. Joining us now is the basis for one of the biggest bands on the planet in Lincoln Park. He's one third of the member guest podcast. He's an avid golfer. He's a foodie. He's a traveler. He's a little bit of everything. It's Dave Farrell from Lincoln Park. Dave, thanks for taking the time. Yeah. <laughs> beer. What's, what's the saying? There's a lot, a jack of all spades, master of none, or <laughs> exactly something, <laughs> something like that. Lots of things in that bio that I'm just mediocre at. <laughs> good to have bass, options. Bass playing included. <laughs> just, just good enough. That's, that's the key. There you go. Now, uh, also with us, returning guest, he's the rock star chef. He's chef owner of Belly Left Coast Kitchen in Santa Rosa. Was uh, He's touring chef for Lincoln Park. Gray Rollin back with us as well. Gray, how's it going? Good. How you doing? Thanks for having me back. Definitely. Now, uh, let's start off with Dave. Now, you've been keeping busy the past few months. you got the podcast. You, you know, you've had your travels all over the world. You had a, a trip up to our neck of the woods here in wine country. I mean, what have you been up to lately over these past, uh, past number of months? Yeah, so kind of been all over the place um i started a podcast with two really close friends uh buddy i grew up with mark who also tours with lincoln park quite a bit he's been our videographer for well over a decade and done a lot of our like online content he edits for us all that kind of stuff but mark and i have known each other since we were five years old grew up playing soccer together and then uh, another one of our buddies brendan Steele, who plays professional golf on the pga tour so the three of us started a podcast more than anything just to give us an, an excuse to hang out when we're all home <laughs> at the same time um loosely based on music and and golf like obviously we're all interested in those two things so we'll talk about that but kind of ranges from from anything and everything and uh we usually try to get a fun guest in there with us as well either somebody from music the world of music or the world of golf but that's pretty open as well so yeah, I've been, been keeping busy doing that at the same time. Uh, I was up in the the Napa area just, I think, maybe a week and a half ago now. Um, I had a blast up there. Good stuff. Where do you like to go when you go to Napa? 
Well, usually if I can do it, I get over to Belly, which technically obviously is not. <laughs> I call BS. Yes. Gotta. That's that's the spot. I know, right? Uh, plug right? it, plug oh, it, plug on. it, plug it. Yeah, I mean, any chance I get actually, yeah, I would love to get over uh, to where Gray is, over to Belly. Um, and, and to be honest, you know, I, as close as it is, I was just realizing this last uh, week and a half, two weeks ago, I, I live down in Southern Orange County. Um, I always kind of thought like Napa was just hard to get to for some reason. And it's just in this last like trip or two that I've done there where I've realized like this is, this is actually really easy. Uh, for me, and I'm I, but even with that, I think I've only been to Napa maybe three times now. So I'm kind of, maybe maybe I'm at that age where I'm just like we got to go drink some wine. This is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm, maybe I'm finally over that hump. But uh, at this stage, I'm I'm still kind of learning uh, learning this. this is there. We stayed at I think it is it Andaz. I don't even know how you pronounce it. Do you uh, do you consider yourself more a more a wine guy, a beer guy? Or are you just just getting into a, learn, learning wine now? I went through you know I went through a period of of wine. This was probably ten years ago or so, where I was kind of like, all right, I can I can do kind of a deep dive on things when I get interested in something. And for a second, I thought, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna really start to figure out wines. I'm gonna start with Napa wines. I'm going to like dial this in. And I, I was so overwhelmed so fast, even just trying to do like Napa red wines and learn kind of what all the different varietals were and what the different tastes were and all that stuff. But I, I think I kind of like subbed myself out for a good five, 10 years. I mean, I'd obviously still drink wine on occasion, but I'm now getting back to the fat now kind of circling back to it again. Um, but yeah, I think like I love beers. I like kind of a lot of the more exotic or, or small uh, breweries, that kind of thing that, that's being offered in the, the beer sector. And then wines are a lot of fun, too. Nice. Now, you got to make it over to the Sonoma County side because we have beer and wine, like Colt beers and amazing wine, I, which is about an hour from Napa. I brought, and you can fly directly into Santa Rosa from LAX. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Hey, I brought I brought Dave a couple bottles of the Piney um, last time I saw him. Oh, nice. Yeah. When we were at um, San Francisco. Yeah, they built that new Russian River Brewing in Windsor, so that's a cool spot to hit up. Yeah. But, okay, so we're gonna we're gonna get a little a little deep right now, but don't don't get depressed. It's not a depressing <laughs> story. My mom had passed away a handful of years ago, and so I was going to see a psychologist and just kind of like work some of that and talk through it. This is where it gets fun. My psychologist uh, that I was seeing, awesome awesome dude. He was the one who ended up kind of telling me about Pliny, introducing me to that, and then opening up that whole different world of beers. Wow. Now that I say that story, it might sound bad in, in the respect that, like, I'm going to talk to somebody and I'm depressed, and he's giving me beer suggestions. <laughs> Have you but, tried beer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't part of the actual working through thing. Oh, good. More of, like, the, the friendship. Like, we had golf in common. We had some beer co- stuff in common. So it was more of a shooting the shit thing. But he was nice. the one who turned me on to the Russian River uh, area. And then also like, um, yeah, Pliny and a whole bunch of other other good stuff. A good number of years ago. 
And then gray is always good enough when I'm up the area or even close to the area of uh, helping me make that happen. Yeah. I mean, I mean, when we're on tour, my one thing that was on my list every show was get Dave whatever the best local six beers of that town was. And so <laughs> one of my, I broke it down from all the band members and then Dave's list of every single show was a printout of, all right, top thing, top six things I got to do is one of it's one for Dave is for uh, get uh, get the beers of whatever local country or city we're in, no matter where we were in the world. I'm very demanding. <laughs> I know, very demanding. He didn't care what it was, just make sure there was six or t- seven of them. <laughs> they're like, Gray, like, aren't, aren't you a chef? Like, yeah. what are you doing hunting down these microbrews? <laughs> I know, what is going on here? What would you say are the best beer on? cities that, that you found uh, along the way? Um... I mean, I think it really would probably depend on what what you're looking for. I'm I'm kind of all over the place. Uh, I just straightforward, you know, consistent stuff. I'm I'm gonna always end up probably landing somewhere in uh, Germany, specifically like the east, or even like um, I'm blanking like Prague, like mm-hmm. Eastern Europe. Just solid solid beers coming from there from for me. But I, I also love uh, there's a a small brewery actually called the brewery uh, right here in Placentia, pretty close to where I live. It's B-R-U-E-R-Y. Um, and they do a lot of like barrel aged, like bourbon barrel aged beers that end up getting really, really high up in alcohol content. Like one of their most popular ones, I think it's called Black Tuesdays. Uh, year by year, it's sometimes close to maybe like 16% alcohol by volume. So you'd think it would be like this really, really heavy kind of gnarly beer but they actually turn out being a little bit almost like sweet Hmm. um but those are those are awesome but they're kind of like they're really like a specialized thing like you've got you can't drink that to get like a i don't know like a quarter light you gotta go like this is a sipper and we're gonna gonna take it easy (laughs) or else before before we know it it's gonna it's gonna be some some serious, uh, some serious headaches. <laughs> no, it, it not necessarily beer related, but one of your recent travels was uh, was that to Africa. I think it was Cape Town recently. What was that experience like for you? Yeah, so Cape Town, we got a chance to play there. Great. We were talking awesome. about this recently, but was yeah. that like 2014? Maybe? Yeah, 14. 14. Yeah, that was okay. that for me. That was probably one of my favorites favorite uh, countries to go with you guys one two it was just an awesome awesome just experience just first of all to shop to be a place where i've always wanted to go and never been and then on top of that i just remember getting there early in the morning to set up and before i went to shop and we walked we walked the stadium while uh, digby and all those guys were setting up the stage and production all that stuff before you guys even got there and it was just so massive i just remember so how big the stadium was and uh yeah, definitely a special place and just a special country for sure. And beautiful people. It's funny that I say like recently and then it's like five years ago. <laughs> yeah. Kind of work. Yeah. I think, and Gray also, um, Gray's been with us, I think, I I, I don't have the official count. Maybe Gray has. Nine years. Has ahead. it. I know, but how many countries? Oh, 66. 66. 66? Yeah. That's what okay. my that's what my passport says. <laughs> it was going to be way more impressive when I when it was over a hundred. So go uh, with my version of the story, Greg. <laughs> I know. And I talked to Mark one day when uh, him and I were in Kuala Lumpur. He went out uh, shopping with me so he could do some uh, pictures and photos and video 
of the uh, of Kuala Lumpur, and I asked him, and he was like at he was like at one twenty. I was like, geez, I gotta I gotta I gotta work on this. So yeah, he like had double as what I had. So but up your country six, game. Yes, I know. Really? Yeah. So we we had been down there in two thousand fourteen, and um, I had gotten a chance on that tour to spend a ton of time in Cape Town, and I absolutely loved it. And I've got at that point, my my kids and family were too young to have made it made, make sense. But I loved it enough to tell that I told my wife when I was there, I was like, when the kids are a little bit older, when they're in the right window to do it, we've got to get, you know, we got to get back here. Hopefully, you know, it'd be for touring, but if not, we still have to figure out a time to get, you know, get down there and do some vacationing. And uh, this past Thanksgiving, my youngest is now seven years old. My oldest is 12. So they're kind of right in that window where the youngest would be excited and pumped to see all the animals and she's and still like get it and remember it my oldest isn't at the age yet where she doesn't want to hang out with us so she'll still like <laughs> she'll still like come you know and be and be excited about it too so it's still in that perfect window and we got down there spent some time in cape town and then also went um into the sabi sabi reserve and got to see like a, i think we did four nights on safari out there which is just incredible Wow, Such a great that spot. sounds amazing. Yeah, the crew and I, the crew and everyone got to do a safari when we were out there. It was amazing. We saw we saw all the big six and big eight, big six. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but it was uh, insane. It was, <laughs> and then we had a big uh, bonfire and a, and they fed us in the middle of the wild and had all the security guys with giant like elephant rifles like surrounding us, making sure nothing attacked. It was it was we were fresh yeah. meat in the middle of nowhere. But it was awesome. <laughs> wow, so, it was really cool. Yeah, it's a it's a different. It's kind of a different feel it's like a different world down there and it's it's humbling but at the same time it's like invigorating and it's awesome and yeah. it's so a bunch of the guys in the band too had done we had a, a window while we were on tour in south africa uh, where maybe three of the guys went and did like a little one or two night safari and at that point everybody doing it and with me down there solo without any family i figured i'd let the crew go do it i'd let other guys in the band do it and then i get the report back right <laughs> they were like so, yeah it's cool but you know it's kind of a long way to go to just like to go to the zoo and i'd be like cool i know i don't need to do that right. everybody came yeah. back and was just like this is awesome like it was incredible such a unique like unforgettable experience so then i'm like okay cool i know i need to come back and i need to bring like, the family with me and it's gonna be great yeah i remember half the crew went on the safari the other half went shark diving oh, so we, yeah, we did that too while we were down there. Did you? <laughs> it's like the, we did the cage thing. That yeah. was, I think that was that like sounds the first, intense. <laughs> it was intense, and it was the first full day we were there. So, the combination of like being in freezing cold water in a metal tank with sharks and being really jet lagged. Yeah. It makes you feel kind of like you're hallucinating. Right. I'll bet. <laughs> I'll bet. <laughs> no. Your body is your body is like overtired and weirded out, and you have all this adrenaline, and you're like starving, <laughs> but you also feel nauseous, and you're just you don't know what you don't know what's going on. But it was it was pretty awesome. Now, do you find in these the, the different cities and countries that you visit, say on a tour, do you get to experience the culture of them, or do you sort of have to make note that like this is a place I want to come back to and kind of get back there when you're off the road? Some, you know, it's, it's different spot to spot, um, and we kind of we ended up doing a lot of fly dates for us. So even if we were say in Europe, we would try to sit down in one main city. Um, that way, we could put wives and families in one spot and not having to travel as much 
and then us get a chance to kind of fly in and fly out some shows. So we ended up really, when we're traveling like that, you learn the city that you're kind of like parked in for a while. Um, like I've spent so much time in Berlin. I feel like I know Berlin better than I know Los Angeles in, in a weird way. <laughs> but I, I live in Orange County. So I'm like an hour south of LA and somehow I know Berlin better than I know LA. Um, but at the same time, and then there's all these cities at the same time, you know, unfortunately, uh, that we've played in, but you only really get to see like the drive from the airport to the arena or to the stadium and then the facility itself and then the drive back and you don't, you don't get to spend a ton of time in those spots. So it's a, it's, I don't know, it's a little bit of both. It's definitely a little bit of both. So I think, I think Gray, yeah, I if you do. were to compare Gray's experience on tour to mine, Gray gets, does a way better Oh yeah, Job of, uh, I have culture. driver and translator. Hopefully, it's the same person. We go, <laughs> we go shop. I, I don't know if I ever told you the story, Dave, but um, I remember we were in um, China, like Qingchong, China, when we did that that run with uh, Chongqing. Chongqing. There you go. And we did that run, run, and I remember I had a translator that didn't know English, so that failed <laughs> off the top. And uh, we was about three hours into dri- driving around, driving around, driving around, and then we're like going to the, like, these little stores, and there's like dogs and. And like it, was like it was nasty. I'm like I refused to buy any food from any of these places, and I, and then finally I got I was about to, right before I was about to snap. I called the production to talk to um, local production to say, hey, can we get a, either a translator or translate to them? Hey, I got a bunch of money in my hand. I need to buy high quality food for you guys. And right when that happened, I was literally about to snap. We pulled up to a, a stoplight, and a guy in a purple convertible Bentley, blaring music pulls up right next to me and I stop everything and I jumped out of the back seat and talked to the talk to the guys and go see that guy right there I want to go where he shops and then seven minutes later we're at the most amazing like grocery store I was like <laughs> where were we for the last three hours when we were like taking me all these open markets and like dogs everywhere sleeping where the where the fruit and the meat were I was like oh god thank god for this flamboyant guy in a purple convertible Bentley in the middle of his intersection so yeah. How how do I say Whole Foods in Mandarin? I know, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, definitely. I mean, I get to travel. I mean, my thing with with traveling, uh, especially with because you guys are such a big band, when we got to travel overseas, I always went up to a, like um, the techs and stuff like that, ask for like drumstick or picks and stuff like that, and I say, hey, can I get some of this? Because your guys's picks and drumsticks would pretty much get me from the back of the line to the front line. I have my translator <laughs> going, hey, ask them if they like Lincoln Park. Oh my God, they love Lincoln Park. Cool, I need two kilos of this, one kilo of this, and I just give them picks, and that's how I kind of maneuvered around the world with uh, getting what I wanted with just with your guys' picks, so. Wow. I try to, I try to negotiate barter with, yeah, I try to negotiate barter with them all the time. It doesn't really work for me. <laughs> right. Now, now, Dave, for you, did you have a, a like a, a pre-show go-to meal, or did you just leave it up to Gray and know that he would come up with something good? I'll have the Chester. That's what he always said. I'll have the Chester. It's pretty much what Chester wanted. But yeah, it was, I mean, I always give him, I don't know, this is probably an answer for a uh, question for Dave, but um, what I would give him is like a menu and then uh, they would do a pre-show, post-show. And uh, Chester always ate really healthy. And I know David did too, and the whole band did. But uh, he'd always say, I'll have the Chester. But but uh, Dave yeah. probably has another answer for that too. Yeah, I think I definitely know no standard thing for me. Mexican I, I tried everything. Like tacos. A lot of people will have rituals of sorts. Like, you know, I always eat at this time or 
for eat something too heavy before because I don't want to feel sluggish or now in terms of on a show day um it, did you guys have pre-show rituals or you know are the things you're doing um you know before a show to get you ready uh to get out there on stage the only most most show days end up looking pretty similar um just as far as how the timing of everything goes and our only real consistent thing for us is that we wanted a good the last 30 minutes before we play so if we're going on at 9 30 then starting at nine o'clock we wanted the schedule to be clean so we could all be uh the six of us could be together and just kind of like get our heads straight as far as what we're doing that night and what we wanted to do uh, otherwise you know with with meet and greets and with press obligations and with all the different things that can be going on leading up to a show you you could have your you could be running around up until two minutes beforehand and then it's like oh shit we gotta go play a show right now and like i haven't even really talked or touched base with any <laughs> other guys like we haven't figured out like what we're doing about set tonight we, you know there's so early on we learned like for our sanity we need to have a window of protected time that's just for like just for the six of us even just being half an hour um that that was always always has been really important Right now, uh, we talked with uh, Ben from Imagine Dragons last week. He's uh, a local boy to this area. Uh, one of the things he talked about uh, in you know they're sort of just about to hit a break after being on the road for forever. Uh, he was saying it's one of the things that's hard is when you spend so much of your time kind of in the context of being a member of a band uh, that it's easy to kind of lose connection with the other you know, parts of your life that just you know, the normal, regular human things you would do on a day-to-day basis. Uh, did, did you find that was kind of an experience for you? Is it, um, are, are you able to kind of you know, reconnect with that part of you uh, over the last few months? For sure. Um, definitely. You know, we've just surpassed now, got to be coming up on two years. Well, it'll be two years this summer. So, I don't know, call it a year and seven, eight months right around there. Um so we've been we've been pretty quiet since then, and it's been obviously it's been a tough year and a half for us, a huge shift. Um, and, at, and at the same time, it's been a moment I think, for me to just kind of catch my breath. We had definitely had breaks during the previous call it twenty years, you know, time when we could be home and some time off. But at the same time, in the whole process, my brain was always kind of had a little bit of a countdown for when the machine starts up again. Like, mm-hmm. okay, that date on the calendar, even if it's two months out, I know that at that point, like I'm sprinting again. So now looking back, I, I never really mentally shut it off, even when I was home. And at this stage right now, with the ages that my family is at and everything else, it's been such a kind of a silver lining to be able to just take that time and really be present here, you know, and, and all the cliche is that if I know these ages will last long that the kids are at, I know these times will last forever. Um, but it, even, even knowing that even repeating this to myself as a mantra, it feels easy to get stuck, not actually being able to appreciate the moments and not being able to be completely present. And when you're doing things, would gravitate towards that you know what 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 needs to be done what can we do what would be exciting for us to do what would be fun for the fans like how do we take care of our 
crew and management better? Are we doing a good job? Just all these, all the nuts and bolts of that all the time are just such a big kind of monster to oversee and to steer that it's been oddly really, really, I guess not an odd because it's crazy to understand, but it's been very nice to have a, a season of life to kind of catch, catch my breath and, and recenter a little bit. Now, you were able to, uh, you played a few guest spots with uh, Mike Shinoda on uh, his solo tour. Uh, it, do things like that, does it sort of, is that a way to sort of keep you, you know, musically engaged still? Um, you know, even though you're sort of, like you said, kind of turned off doing other things, doing things like that sort of keeps you engaged creatively and musically still? Yeah, absolutely. And, and for me, it's it's not kind of tough to describe but maybe to say it this way I, I've done I've been playing music since I was maybe six or seven years old I started on violin uh, first I classically trained on that and for me it's music always been a really positive place for me to go kind of like to express myself in um, regardless of what was going on growing up family travel whatever I was always able to kind of insert myself into creative process and playing music um, and just have that be a positive escape. And even at this stage now, I still I still love playing. Um, I, I'm taking drum lessons with the same teacher, my oldest daughter, uh, just to keep playing and love it. Uh, and doing shows with like Mike, um, that's awesome. I mean, it's, it's just such a awesome I love Mike. I love his music. I love his music. Been a chance to get out there and see some of our band again, and also just play. Uh, having said that, yeah, I'll, I've been I'll definitely play anywhere, anywhere that I, it works. And I'm wanted. I'm not like killing myself looking for a stage to go play on by any stretch. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not like spinning over backwards to figure that out. I don't feel like it's, that's something I need. But I do love music, and I do I love playing on myself, and I love you know, kind of performing and sharing that with other people. So that's definitely easy, an easy avenue for me to find myself in. I know it, you mentioned, uh, I mean, obviously um, it, you guys, you know, after the passing of Chester, kind of still working through that. I mean, I'm sure you've answered every question in the world about that, but I, I thought I'd just kind of find out from both of you guys. I mean, you spent so much time, uh, you know, on the road together. Um, any you know, favorite memories or stories you had, um, you know, just, just, being a band on the road um, pl- uh, playing with Chester. Love that guy. I miss him. Um, man, he was a cool dude. I I think that when I first got to meet all you guys, um, I remember the day that happened and uh, um, I remember the time when I, I did, when Digby actually first uh, hired me and I first went up to him to Digby and I said, uh, so what, what do I need to do? Like, well, usually I'm not so one-on-one with the bands for all the bands I've cooked for. And, uh, Digby's like, I hired you to do a job now, now do it. Like I do, I have my job. Uh, Digby has his own job and now I have my own job. So that gave me a very open window to be one-on-one with you guys. And with Chester, um, and, and everyone, it seems like, um, it seems like uh, everyone has their certain days, and I know when it comes to showtime or a big family, it comes together, and everyone has their definitely defined job. But with Chester, it seems like um, I, I either 
I always gave him his happy food. For me, I call it happy food for Chester. I always had his quinoa, I always had his guacamole, I always had his like uh, grilled fish or whatnot. And I think that just made us happy. It's something to remind him of home, which helped me know that by doing that and and um, was a comfort thing for him. Um, and then just to be so one-on-one with him, um, bringing this, I'm, some of the things I remember is when I used to walk your guys' drinks to the stage, D- Dave's beers or, or whatnots, um, uh, Chester's teas is, uh, Fuzzy, uh, Fuzzy Delson, uh, Brad Delson's uh, <laughs> uh, special drink that everyone in the band seemed like they wanted towards the end. Um, that um, for me, it's just like little things that I know so much about what makes you guys run. And I know uh, my job was to keep you guys healthy and happy. And I hope that for me, uh, for all you guys, is, is that that's something like hopefully I did the, as well as I could. But with Chester, it was... Uh, I remember just his, him screaming, getting his vocals up, and, and I just knew him so well, and when he needed something before he even needed it, like his, like his uh, Phil Collins tea and stuff like that, the second I heard his voice open up, I automatically started making it, and I just handed it to him. It was such a natural thing, kind of like breathing almost. Um, and it was just a lot, so much fun to watch him and all you guys get on stage and just watch the crowd go fucking crazy. Hopefully I can say that word. Um, but it was just, it was just, it was a, it was a blast. And, and, um, and, uh, it was a memory that I always remember every single, I mean, it's ca- kind of crazy. I'll have all the, cause I always wrote you guys' menus on my phone. So I go back to it. I can remember exactly what Chester ate almost every single show and, and all you guys almost. I remember, I remember, uh, Brad Delson came up to me one day. I think we were in Moscow when it was torrential downpour and all the, all the buses and uh, uh, cars got stuck in the mud, spinning their wheels. And all of a sudden, Brad came up to me and it was like halfway through, I don't know, it was probably the fifth, fifth year I was with you guys. And uh, Brad's like, hey, I want chocolate chip cookies today. I was like, <laughs> Brad, you, you've never wanted a dessert ever. Like, what? So uh, I'm like, damn, I promise you next show I'll give you chocolate chip cookies. But um Today I don't have him, so. But with, yeah, it was just a very unique, he's such a proud person. He always loved having his family around him um, and always loved being around with you guys. And I always, I can always see on your guys' faces that when Chester had a good day or he was exciting, he was jumping around and his vocals were sounding awesome. I just felt like the whole show is gonna be great. And, I, and, uh, and uh, he was definitely a special person. I always hold a special memory of him and with me and um, the memories I had with him and um, just a good heart. Bottom line, it was such a good heart. And I know the fans loved you guys. Still do. One thing that a lot of people probably wouldn't know unless it's a chance to hang out with him a little bit is that he was always so awesome with kids. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, to be in a band that's big or that, that's as big as Lincoln Park and be kind of the focal point of front man or to be in anything where there's that much attention and eyeballs on you, I think sometimes it's kind of really tough to, to almost feel like you're always having to be that person for everybody. Um, but Chester, when it came to kids, he was always just like so excited and ready and open to just being like his warm, natural, energetic self to the extent that sometimes I was like, I would be talking with Lindsay, my wife, and just be joking, but at the same time, only half joking. I'm like, I don't know what's going on, but somehow Chester is better with our children than I am. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah. it, it was just it was just cool to see the fact that, like, here you have this uber-talented guy who's, you know, can do anything in the world with his voice and just has, like, the 
the love and adulation from so many people, but his real sweet spot or his real comfort zone was like, you know, playing with my five and eight year old, just getting on the ground with them and wrestling with them and like just being goofy with them. And I think any kid I ever saw uh, come across Chester just, just loved him for that. Like he was uncle Chester is still to like this day, all of our, all of our three girls, like one of their favorite people of all time. I totally remember that too. Just him. It could be like 10 minutes before the show and the kids could be playing and then he'll just jump on the ground and, and play games with them right before the show. So yeah, I feel like that was, um, I definitely fond memories of multiple times about that. Yeah. Now in terms of the band itself, I mean, um, Joe made little news last week saying that you guys had, you know, started talking about making new music. Uh, I feel like you're all kind of being, you know, really kind of respectful to the the organic nature of it and just kind of, you know, letting the winds take you where they go. Is that kind of the way you see it um, right now? Yeah, I think the, I think the reality, the easiest way for me to put it from where I'm coming from is just that I don't, I don't really know what we're going to do and how we're going to do it. And I know every like nobody wants nobody wants that answer because um, it it doesn't describe or say anything. But the reality of it is for me is that I know I still love music. I know I still love you know the five guys. Um, you know the five of us still get together. We still hang out. We still love being around each other. And and I don't feel like I want to be retired, whatever that means. Mm-hmm. So. I know I want to do something at some point in the future, but I'm not, I'm not in a rush to do anything just to do it. And at the same time, I don't, I don't know how it will come together. If it comes together, I don't know how it will yet. I think there's a, a ton of different possibilities um, of what we could do and different things we could do and how we could do it. But I don't, I don't know beyond that. Yeah, I, I, I almost feel like, it, like. It, it's almost like a question that has no right answer. It's just it, you, it, it's just kind of have to one kind of has to happen for itself, I guess. Yeah, you know, it's it's just one of those things where it's like it it needs to be figured out, and at the same time, it doesn't need to be figured out in any sort of a timetable. Every everybody, and I, I think that I think it's cool that everybody wants to know what we're going to do. Like, I, 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 I like that people are curious or I, I really feel like, um, our fan base is behind us in, in kind of the coolest, most supportive way. You know, that I feel like they're, they're pulling for us. Um, and, and really, really positive and supportive. I think that's awesome. And at the same time, we don't, we don't know, I don't think we know what we want to do yet. And I don't, you know, even once we figure out what we want to do, then we need to probably figure out how we want to do it. It's a little bit of a multi-stage approach. Right. Yeah. A a lot of steps still to come. And I know a a lot of people uh, watching and see how that's going to turn out. So uh, if people want to find you, it's uh, the the member guest podcast. You can find it at memberguest.com. Um, I assume it's av- available on all the uh, all the streaming services wherever great podcasts are offered, as they say. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, the podcast is available kind of 
think just about everywhere. So iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. I don't even know if Google Play exists anymore. <laughs> you can find it on my, you can find it on my MySpace. Right, exactly. If you're, an and, if you're an Android user, then you know where to go to get your own podcast. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we're there. But yeah, member guests. Um, that's like a that's been such a fun project for us over the last I guess year or so, and we're always we're not super consistent, but we're we're adding stuff up there here and there as we go, and it's it's a it's a fun list to check that out. Um, yeah, and then on on Twitter, and I'll, it's up. We're up on Twitter and, and Instagram. I think one of them were member guest official. The other one were just member guest. We made it. We purposely made it as hard as possible. <laughs> <laughs> if you're gonna follow it, or if you're gonna like be in touch with what's going on, we're gonna really make you work for it. There you right? go. It's an accomplishment just to find it. There yeah. you go. Right. But Dave, <laughs> you, you were you're doing you were doing a couple of these podcasts in the beginning. You guys were doing them at breweries, right? We did. We were doing them at the brewery. That's the one I had talked oh, about. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. gotcha. Yeah. So I a, a friend of mine started that. Um, 10 years ago or so. So he, he had recording equipment up there and before we had any of our own gear, we were just kind of poaching his office space and using his stuff. Excellent. Now we're fully mobile. (laughs) (laughs) We go wherever we need to and record. Excellent. So Dave Farrell, Gray Rollin, Thank you guys for coming in, Dave. We we got to get you over uh, over to the uh, the better wine country, the other valley, over to Sonoma. So uh, hope to uh, to see you up here one of these days. Also, that'd be awesome. I'd, I'd love that. Excellent. Th- thanks a lot, guys. You guys got to right. get you got to get the Sonoma equivalent of like Bottle Rock or something going on over there. I know. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's true. We one of these days, <laughs> we're not that too far. All right, brother. Love you. Stay out of the family. We'll do. Thanks, guys. All right. Thank you. Thanks.